Chapter Five of Three People by Pansy. The Slibrivox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five Toad's Ambition. Mr. Hastings's elegant carriage was drawn up at a safe distance from the puffing iron animal who had just screeched his way into the depot. The coachman on the box managed with dexterous hand the two black horses who seemed disposed to resent the coming of their puffing rival while with his hand resting on the knob of the carriage door looking right and left for somebody and finally springing forward to welcome his father was master pliny hastings older by fourteen years than when that dinner party was given in honour of his birthday tumble up there with the driver was mr hastings's direction to toad who stood and looked with open-eyed delight on carriage horses driver everything while father and son exchanged greeting pliny did wait until the carriage door was closed before he burst forth with father where on earth did you pick up that bundle of rags and what did you bring him home for he brought me i believe answered mr hastings laughing at the droll remembrance at least i think you'll find that's his version of the matter what are you going to do with him more than i know i'm entirely at his disposal father how queer you are what's his name upon my word i don't know i never thought to inquire you may question him to your heart's content when you get home there is a funny story connected with him which i will tell you some time meantime let me rest and tell me the news he is a very smart specimen augusta explained mr hastings to his wife that evening when she looked aghast at the idea of harboring toad for the night a remarkable boy in some respects and i fancy he may really become a prize in the way of a waiter at one of the hotels these fellows who have brought themselves up on the street do sometimes develop a surprising aptitude for business and i am greatly mistaken if this one is not of that stamp i'll take him off your hands in the morning augusta and he can't demoralize pliny in one evening besides he added as a lofty afterthought if my son can be injured by coming in contact with evil in any shape i am ashamed of him in very much the same style was toad introduced at one of the grand hotels the next morning the boy is sharp enough for anything explained mr hastings to the landlord i don't believe you will find his match in the city suppose you take him in and see what you can do for him the landlord eyed the very ragged and very roguish and very doubtful-looking personage thus introduced with a not very particularly hopeful face but mr hastings was a person to be pleased first and foremost under all circumstances so the answer was prompt well sir if you wish it we will give him a trial of course but what can we set him at in that plight hmm remarked mr hastings thoughtfully i hadn't thought of that oh well he means to earn some better clothes at once isn't that so my lad tobe nodded he hadn't thought of such a thing his aim was still only a warm place to sleep in but he immediately set down better clothes as another height to be attained meantime mr roberts hasn't tom some old clothes that he has outgrown 
this fellow is shorter than tom i should think he'll work for his board and clothes of course for the present can you make it go mr roberts mr roberts thought he could and as mr hastings drew on his gloves he remarked to that gentleman aside i've taken a most unaccountable interest in the young scamp he's a scamp no mistake about that and he'll have to be looked after very closely but then he's sharp sharp as steel just the sort to develop into a business man with the right kind of training such as he will receive here the way in which he wheedled me into bringing him home with me was a most astonishing proceeding i shall have to tell you about it when we are more at leisure good morning sir and mr hastings bowed himself out by noon toad was fairly lunched upon his new life and made such good use of his eyes and ears that in some respects he knew more about the business than did the new errand boy who had been there for a week for the first time in his life he was going to earn his living mr hastings was correct in his opinion toad was sharp yet he was after all not unlike a piece of soft putty ready to be moulded into almost any shape ready to take an impression from anything that he chanced to touch if the people who dined at that great hotel on the avenue during those following weeks could have known how the chance words which they let drop and in dropping forgot were gathered up by that round-eyed boy how startled they would have been there was one memory which stood out sharply in toad's life it was of his mother's death the boy had never in his fifteen years of life heard but one prayer that was his mother's it was for him oh lord don't let toad ever drink a drop of rum he had very vague ideas in regard to prayer very bewildering notions regarding the being to whom this prayer was addressed but he knew what rum was he had excellent reason to know and he knew that these words of his mother's had been terribly earnest ones they had burned themselves into his brain he remembered his mother as one who had given him what little care and kindness he had ever received finally he had a sturdy positive emphatic will of his own which is not a bad thing to have if one takes proper care of it so without any sort of idea as to the right or wrong of the matter with perfect indifference as to whether this thing came under either head he had sturdily resolved that he would never no never so long as he lived drink a drop of rum in this resolution he had been strengthened by the constant jeers and jibes and offerings of his father not only but of his boon companions there are natures which grow stronger by opposition toad had one of these so the very forces which would have met to ruin nine boys out of ten came and rallied around him to strengthen his purpose so toad having been brought up or rather having come up thus far in one of the lowest of low grog shops had steadily and defiantly adhered to his determination it was seven years since his mother's prayer had gone up to god toad only seven at that time but older by almost a dozen years than are those boys of seven who have been tenderly and carefully reared in happy homes had taken in the full force of that one oft-repeated sentence and had lived it ever since
behold him now the caterpillar transformed into the butterfly he had shuffled off the grog shop and fluttered into one of the brightest of cleveland hotels the bright-winged moth singes itself in the brilliant gaslight sometimes where the caterpillar never comes queer thoughts came into toad's head with that suit of new clothes with which he presently arrayed himself not particularly new either tom roberts was in college and they were his cast-off attire worn before he too in his way became a butterfly and he would not have been seen in them no nor have had it enter into the mind of one of his college mates that he ever had been seen in them for a considerable sum even of spending money different eyes has such different ways of looking at the same thing toad will never forget how that suit of clothes looked to his eyes nor how when arrayed in them he stood before his bit of glass and took a calm full deliberate survey of himself to be sure tom being a chunk and toad being long-limbed notwithstanding mr hastings's supposition to the contrary pants and jacket sleeves were somewhat lacking in length moreover there was a patch on each knee and you have no idea how nice those patches looked to toad why bless you he was used to seeing great jagged unseemly holes where these same neat patches now were also he had on a shirt a real honest white shirt and so persistently does one improvement urge upon us the necessity of another in this world that toad had already been obliged to doff his shirt once in order to bring his face and hair into something like propriety that the contrast might not be too sharp there was a stirring of new emotions in his heart perhaps he then and there resolved to be a genius to be the president or at least the governor perhaps he did but he only gave his thoughts utterance after this fashion jemima jane do you tell the truth you young upstart in the glass there be you toad mall no mistake well now for the land's sake a fellow does look better in a shirt that's as true as whistling i mean to have a shirt of my own i do now s'pose these are mine after i earn em oh ho me earn a shirt for myself ain't that rich now what do you s'pose jerry would think of that hey old fellow in the glass well why not like enough i'll earn a pair of boots some day i will now true's you live it's real jolly i wonder a fellow never thought of it before oh i'll be some i'll have a yellow bow one of these days for a cravat see if i don't and this was the height and end and aim of toad's ambition end of chapter five